Good evening, church. Welcome to our first church service of 2024, and um, Happy New Year to all of you. You know, I once, uh, I recently heard someone respond to that New Year greeting by saying, I don't really get what's so happy about it. I think that's a bit sad, but if you really think about it, there is some truth to it, I reckon. I mean, it's not like the clock did some magic on midnight on December 31st, you know, removing all our problems and sad things from the last year. Yet somehow, there is a general sense that with the new year comes a reset and a new opportunity to start afresh, despite the troubles that linger on. And I think that can be a happy thing. And especially for us as believers in Jesus Christ, we do look forward with hope and with joy in our living God as we anticipate what he will do in the coming year. So may our hearts and our eyes be open to be a part of that. So let's lift up our hearts to him as we sing today. Please stand and join us. step into this new year, we are so encouraged to know that your love is sure and your grace is in abundance. Even though trouble still surrounds us in this world and in our lives, we have joy as we hold on to your son Jesus, our refuge and salvation. Thank you, Lord.
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless stand before the throne. Lord Jesus, you are the one we trust. May your name be magnified as we continue in our time of worship today. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Please say hi to someone sitting around you before you have a seat. Uh, well, Happy New Year. It's great to see you. Uh, each month at Subi Church, we memorize scripture. Uh, why do we do that? Uh, because man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Scripture is food for our soul. So this year, we will be looking at some of the key passages in the book of Psalms, and we'll be memorizing that together. Uh, the Psalms can be sung, they can be spoken, they can be read, but they were written to be prayed. I'm not sure if you pray the Psalms, but that's why they were written for us. Uh, and uh, until we pray them, we really miss their purpose for our lives. Uh, Psalms, as you know, were originally the prayers of King David. Uh, but the key to truly understanding the Psalms is to appreciate that the Psalms are ultimately the prayers of Jesus Christ, the King, the Messiah. They're his prayers. And so when you, read, when you pray the Psalms, they throw a window open into Jesus' heart and inner life because they're his prayers. They're his intimate prayers that we pray along with him. And so we get a look into Jesus' inner life through his cries, through his tears. And as we see into his heart, we're given a glimpse of the eternal relationship between Jesus the Son and his Father. And so that, that's, that's what we get to do when we memorize and pray the Psalms. So I think that's something worthwhile doing. I hope that you do as well. And so uh, we're going to begin with Psalm 1, uh, verses... Uh, one to two. Now, you'll, have, you'll see it behind me. On your card, there's an extra little bit there for those who really want to memorize uh, an extra little bit. Uh, but we're going to remember, this is the, 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 uh, the verses that we're going to memorize. Uh, and uh, why don't we say this together? So we'll say Psalm 1, verse 1, and then we'll read it together. Should we do that? Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So that's what, that's what, that's what we're going to do. There's a couple of extra lines there for you to, uh, to learn as well. Um, but uh, I hope that as we look through the Psalms this year, you will be praying uh, the prayers of Christ. Amen. Hello and Happy New Year to everyone. Hi, Sean. It's New Year. So if you do have change address or change any contact details, this is a time that you can update the Connect Card too. So the Connect Card is actually meant for people who are new to the church or if you want to update your prayers or your praise point or any details that you have changed, you can update that with that too. You can go online. We do have a portal. You can scan the QR code and then you can do the update there too. My name is Sean Kum. I'm one of the elders of Subi Church. Let us take a time now to come before the Lord before our prayer for the offerings. Thank you. Father Lord, we thank you for the new year. It's been tough for some last year, and it's been joyous and victories for some last years. But Lord, we look forward now to this year, 2024. Lord, we know the blessing that you have given us. The Lord will never be able to repay you. But take this small token of our appreciation, the offering to the kingdom's work, that you may continue to expand that work. Lord, we thank you indeed. And we pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Just a few announcements for the new year. We do have a course that is starting up. It's called Christianity Explained. Three sessions, Sunday 14, 21, 28 of January, it will be 12.15 to 1.15. This is just outside here. Lunch will be provided. 
We'll be running the evangelistic course over the Mantri session. We look forward to study the book of Mark and you show us about the Jesus, or Jesus and Christianity. Please feel free to invite a friend, bring a friend. I've been through this course when I was a young man. Um, the course have changed somewhat, but yes, it's still the same book. And please RSVP on your connector and let us know so if you have any dietary um, requirements. The next big announcement, Subi Youth Camp is coming up, the summer camp, between Friday 19th of January and Sunday the 21st of January. This will be held at Serpentine Baptist camp, uh, Camping Site. Subi Youth will be um, having the next few weeks coming up and a great opportunity for high schoolers to grow strong friendship. If you do have a kid in high school, BS7 onwards, and if you haven't gone to one of these camps, I think it's worthwhile examining it. Um, more than happy for people to maybe say that you want to help out somehow in there. Um, we always want to take on people who can help. Kids can enjoy activities such as mini golf, ultimate frisbee, volleyball, capture the flag, laser tag, and more. None of this fits me at all. Registration closed on Monday the 8th of January, which is the coming week. So please use your connect card to register your kid if they are keen to come and invite a friend if you do have a friend from, uh, from the school. Community coffee morning coming up on Saturday 13th of January between 10 a.m. and 12 noon. We'll be at the Church Cafe. This is our monthly outreach program and the local community here. We have a new addition. Stephen and Lydia Chan have given birth to their third boy, Caleb. I came from a family of three boys too. Caleb is a little brother to Jethro and Levi. Keep the family in prayer. It's time for us now to come to the Lord in congregation prayer. I will lead you. Let us bow. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to praise you for the wonderful God you are. We thank you for being our creator and sustainer and that you created us in the image and likeness. That you know us and every hair on our head and you provide for us and love us. We know this because of your word and because of your son, Jesus Christ, who has brought salvation to us through his life, death and resurrection from the cross. We praise you, Father, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and that he has restored us and brought us back to you. That we can delight in our relationship with you. Father, we want to come together to worship you and for you alone are worthy. Father, we are sorry for the sins. Repent of our sins and trust in Jesus. We thank you that Jesus has taken our sin on the cross so we can know you, love you, seek you, give you praise, glory, and honor. And one day look forward to being with you in your kingdom. We pray that the Holy Spirit will help transform us and convict us always in order that we will live for you and not be controlled by sin. That our lives will reflect and model Christ-likeness in response to the love and grace you have poured unto us. Lord, we give you thanks to you that you have entered into a new, that we have entered in the new year. We commit and trust 2024 to you, knowing you are good and sovereign. We pray that your wisdom will guide our choices and decisions this year. Whether we face challenges or celebrate victories, let us remember that we that you are with us every step of the way. Teach us to lean on you, to seek your counsel, and to find joy in the, your presence. Father, we pray for Pastor David, who will be preaching your word today for us. We pray that your word will be preached and taught clearly, and that we will respond to your word in joy, hope, and conviction. We pray that you will be glorified, praise, and honor through this message and our hearts will be open to receiving your word. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening, church. My name is Michelle, and our scripture reading today is taken from Ecclesiastes 1. 
If you are able, I invite you to stand with me as we read from God's word. Ecclesiastes 1. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new? It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly, but I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. You may now take a seat. Thanks, Michelle. Well, it's great to see you, church. Uh, for those watching online, wherever you are, so glad you could join us. Special warm welcome to those of you who are new or visiting. Uh, we'd love to have you with us. And uh, if you are looking for a church home, we'd love you to consider making Subi Church your church home. I want to show you a brief video from the TV show. Oh, here she is. Oh, no. Next slide, please. From the TV show Afterlife. Anyone seen this uh, show? Yeah. Uh, it stars Ricky Gervais. So I want to show you this brief video, but I want you to do some work while you watch it. I want you to try and pick up what you think his philosophy of life is. All right? Let's take a look. Oh, here she is. Right. Go on. If you're atheist... I am. ...and you don't believe in an afterlife... I don't. If you don't believe in heaven and hell and all that, mm. if death is just the end, what's the point? What's the point in what? Living. Might as well just kill yourself. So if you're watching a movie and you're really enjoying it, someone with Kevin Hart in... Yeah. ...and someone points out that this will end eventually, do you just go, oh, forget it then, what's the point, and just turn it off? No, cos I can watch it again. Well, I think life is precious cos you can't watch it again. I mean, you can believe in an afterlife if that makes you feel better. Doesn't mean it's true. But once you realise you're not going to be around forever, I think that's what makes life so magical. One day you'll eat your last meal, smell your last flower, hug your friend for the very last time. You might not know it's the last time, so that's why you should do everything you love with passion, you know? Treasure the few years you've got, because that's all there is. What did you think of his philosophy of life? Uh, he's speaking from the perspective that the physical world is all there is. Only what is material is real. But if life is viewed from this perspective, then life's meaning is never clear. It can't be clear. It's futile. Uh, that's what the teacher in our Bible reading from Ecclesiastes found out. He tried to understand life and its meaning based on what he could see and experience only. And at the end of it all, life's meaning was not clear. In fact, what did he say about it? It was meaningless. It was futile. That's because 
living life from the perspective that the physical world is all there is means the crucial element which brings meaning is missing. So we're going to be looking at that today. Uh, there are three points in the talk. The first one is this. Under the sun, everything is meaningless. Under the sun. We're in the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm not sure if you've read much of Ecclesiastes. Uh, the word Ecclesiastes is the Greek word for teacher. That's what it means. Uh, and we're introduced to the teacher, weren't we, in verse 1. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. This is talking about King Solomon, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. He was the wisest man on the planet, wasn't he? Thanks to God who had poured out his wisdom on him. You can read the book of 1 Kings and see that story. He wrote the book of Proverbs. However, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon is searching for meaning and happiness apart from God. It's likely during the period of his life, and you can read this in 1 Kings 11, during the period of his life when his 700 foreign wives... You're, you heard right. His 700 wives turned his heart away from God. He tries to search in meaning, for meaning and happiness apart from God. And so in Ecclesiastes, the author presents the words of King Solomon in order to warn the reader, you and I. If someone as wise as Solomon can end up where he did, watch out. Because what does Solomon say? He says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Hey, what did you learn at church today? Oh, I learned everything is meaningless. Wow, that would have been a fun message, that one, right? The Hebrew word translated meaningless is the word hevel. And hevel means smoke, vapor. Solomon says, life is like smoke. Life takes one shape and then, without warning, takes another shape. It's uncontrollable. Life doesn't always work the way you expect it to. Life is like being stuck in the midst of smoke. It's confusing, it's disorientating, it's impossible to see clearly. If viewed from the perspective that the physical world is all there is... Life's meaning is never clear. It's futile. He says, What do people gain from all their labours at which they toil under the sun? This phrase, under the sun, he uses it again and again. Life under the sun. It's talking about uh, the vantage point from which he is viewing life. He's viewing life from the vantage point that the physical world is all there is. Only what is material is real. Only what is under the sun is real. He says, Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. If viewed just through a materialistic lens, like Ricky Gervais does, then all life amounts to is a move from one hospital wing where you're born to another hospital wing when you die. From the birthing suite to the geriatrics ward. The cancer ward, if you're not so fortunate. Humans, he says, we come and go, but the earth just keeps spinning, doesn't it? We come and go, but the earth is kind of oblivious to us and just keeps spinning. And the same things have been going on and repeating themselves for millennia with no obvious goal. What is the goal when you look at it under the sun? What's the goal? The Arctic else it Arctic ice, it melts in the summer, it freezes again in the winter, it melts again in the summer, the leaves, they fall from the trees in the autumn, they grow back again in the spring, they fall again in the autumn. No purpose. Human beings, he says, also have this same character of just endless repetition with no obvious goal. You mow the lawn, the grass grows back, you pay the bills. The bills come back. You send the kids to school. The kids come back, right? It's just endless repetition. 
All things are wearisome, he says, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. Nothing on this earth fully satisfies. How much money is enough? Just a little bit more. People crave novelty. They want, they want the new model car, the new model phone, the new model spouse. And then the novelty soon wears off and they, they crave a newer car and a newer phone and a younger spouse. What has been will be again and what has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. All news is just old news happening to new people, right? Things might appear to be new, but they've happened to generations before us. New Idea magazine has not had new ideas for years, right? It's the same stories. It's the same stories. The 6 o'clock news should be called the 6 o'clock olds because you could write the script for the news this evening, couldn't you? What's going to be in it? What's that? Sad news, exactly. There's going to be wars, there's going to be murders, there's going to be uh, car accidents, there's going to be natural disasters. We know that, it's guaranteed. There's no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. Who here can name their great-grandparents? Anyone? We've got one, two... How about your great-great-grandparents? Or know them? You ever met them or know them or remember them? It's sobering. I, I can't. I know my grandparents, but not my great-grandparents. It's sobering to think that you will not be remembered for more than two generations, even by your own family. That's the character of life under the sun. No one will remember us. It'll be as if I never existed. He says, I devoted myself to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. Now, these are not the words of a dissatisfied factory worker who is, you know, screwing toothpaste tops on toothpaste. This, these are the words of King Solomon, who experienced anything he desired. He had everything at his disposal. He says, I turned my life into a research project. I tried to crack the code of what it was to live the life, right? I tried every pleasure. I attempted to fill every desire. I had the choices of foods cooked by Michelin star chefs. I drank Penfold's Grange wine. I drank Dom Perignon champagne. I spent how much I wanted on whatever I wanted. I literally had a thousand wives and 300 concubines at my beck and call. Read 1 Kings 11. He says, I tried it all. I tried it all. I can truly say I have been there and I have done that. And all I can say is all of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind, if I view it from just under the sun. Uh, after making it big in the movie business, Jim Carrey said this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Second point this evening. Meaninglessness is part of God's judgment. The fertility of life has an explanation. Uh, what, is, what does he say? Verse 13, it's a heavy burden that God has laid on mankind. What does he mean? Futility and meaninglessness are imposed on the world by God. Right? It's a consequence of Adam and Eve's sin all the way back in the beginning. There's a double-sided character to the world, isn't there, which we must appreciate if we are to make sense of the world. The world is so good in so many ways because it's made by a good God, but something is also so dreadfully wrong with it. What is crooked cannot be straightened and what is lacking cannot be counted. 
There's a definite crookedness to our world, right? Things that taste good cause you to put on weight, right? You get sick on your holidays. Your computer stuff's up an hour before your essay's due. Mum and Dad, they buy four-year-old Lucy an ice cream cone. She's so excited. She walks out of the shop. She drops it on the floor. Uh, the beautiful ocean provides waves for us to surf on, but yet it also harbors sharks, which kill surfers. There's a crookedness to that. An evil murderer lives into his 90s. A five-year-old girl dies of a brain tumor. The rich, who earn their money by corrupt means, get away with it with no repercussions. Right? There's a crookedness to our world. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow, he says. The more knowledge, the more grief. The more you experience the world and experience life, the more he experienced the world and experienced life, the more he saw the pain and suffering around him and he found that it was impossible for him to solve it, to do anything about it. His wisdom is a speculative wisdom. He's, he's trying to understand the world without God under the sun and for him, it is meaningless. And it leads to despair. He says, Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly, but I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. He says, I didn't just search out wisdom, but I dabbled in foolishness. I deliberately dabbled in foolishness to see where it would lead me. This reflects, again, the period of life that Solomon is in. His heart has turned from God. And we're warned at the end of the book, this kind of speculative wisdom, trying to work out the world without God, it's dangerous. It's a dead end. And this brings us to our final point. In the sun, nothing is meaningless. In the Son, Jesus Christ, nothing is meaningless. Uh, at some point in life, every person wrestles with three questions which we are hardwired to answer. First question is the question of existence. Why am I here? The second is the question of significance. Does my life matter? And the third is the question of purpose. What shall I do? With my life. Ricky Gervais, who we saw in the video, how did he answer the questions? Those three questions. How did he answer that for himself? He said, when you're dead, you won't be around to worry about it. So why bother trying to find the meaning of life? Instead, while you're alive, just try to enjoy yourself as much as you can. Does anyone want to adopt that worldview, that Philosophy of life. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the teacher says this. God has set eternity in the human heart. God has placed an internal longing in the inner depths of every person. A God-given awareness that there is something more than this world under the sun. God has set eternity in our hearts, so we know that this world is not our home. We know that we were made for heaven, we were made for God. You were made for heaven, you were made for God, but you've never been to heaven, and you've never seen God, and so you will feel like something is missing from time to time. There's this ongoing inner cry. And don't think that you're going to fill that God-given void with money or power or sex or drink, you won't. It, can, it will only be filled when you know God. And it will only be filled ultimately when you're in heaven and you see God. Because that's what you're made for. That's what you were born for. Don't let anyone rob you of that destiny, of your destiny. Ricky Gervais has suppressed this God-given longing for something more. He suppressed it to the extent that 
He shrugs his shoulders and he says, well, you're going to die. I'm just going to enjoy my life while I can. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We are not able to find our way to God. God must find his way to us. And he has. He turned up 2,000 years ago and he introduced himself. And his name is Jesus Christ. The world is not spinning meaninglessly with no goal. The goal of the world is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. These words are without peer and they are without precedent. Every other religious leader says, I will point you to the way. Jesus says, I am the way. He's not a way. He doesn't say, I'll, I'll show you the way. He says, I am the way. The one and only way to God and meaning and reality and fulfillment. And every other way is a way from God, from meaning, from reality and from fulfillment. I ask people, hey, where, where did you come from? And they say, I don't know, evolution? And I say, okay, well, what do you think will happen to you after you die? I don't know. So they don't know where they come from and they don't know where they're going. That is a definition of being lost, isn't it? That's a definition of being lost, of having no meaning. Jesus said, I am the way. Follow me. He is the only way. For Why is he the only way? For no one else has paid or could pay the debt that we owe to God for our sins. Buddha couldn't. Muhammad couldn't. We can't pay our own debt. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, she says, one of the biggest mistakes that humans make is to say there is only one way. But if God has given his one and only son to die on the cross, why should there be another way? If there was another way, why did God sacrifice his son? There could be no other way. Other way. For if there was any other conceivable way, it would be less expensive to God than giving up his son. It would have been incredibly cruel of God to send his son to die if there was another way that we could be saved. There is no other way. He is the way. And Jesus rose from the dead. He's the only way to eternal life. Uh, there was a Muslim who became a Christian. Uh, and his friend said to him, why did you become a Christian? He said, well, it's like this. Imagine you're traveling down a road. And the road suddenly forks into two. And you don't know which way to take. And there's two men at that fork. One is dead and one is alive. Which one are you going to ask the way? Which one are you going to ask the way? Jesus Christ. He is the only one. He is the one who's come back from the dead. He is the way. Some people say, look, there is no truth. There's just no way to make life coherent. But that is viewing the world from under the sun. Truth is not found under the sun. It's found in the sun. Jesus says he is the truth. He's not a truth. He's not that he says, I'll show you the truth. He says, I am the truth. Jesus says, there's one way and it's me. There's one truth and it's me. There's one source of life, and it's me. You want life that's not futile? You'll only find it in me. You want life with meaning? You'll only find it in me. You want light in the darkness of this world? It's me. Under the sun, you're not going to find the way, the truth, or the life. You can only find them in the sun, Jesus Christ. The meaning of life is to know Jesus Christ. The meaning of life is a relationship. The meaning of life is a relationship. It's a relationship with the one that made you. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We don't have to try and work out what life's about under the sun, but you have revealed yourself in the Lord Jesus. I just want to pray for anyone here tonight who does not know you. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, perhaps you're going through a really hard time. Perhaps you, you, you feel like life is futile. Come to Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Give your life to him. That's what you were made for. Pray, Lord God, as we begin this year of 2024, I pray, Lord, that we would keep Jesus at the center of all that we do. Where else would we go? For Jesus has the words of eternal life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I ask, Lord, that we would keep him at the center of everything we do this year. And when life does get confusing, when we kind of feel like we're in the smoke and we can't see the way forward, Lord, and help us to come to Christ, to see the way, to see the truth, to see the life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come now to a time of the Lord's Supper. And uh, I encourage you now to spend a moment with the Lord, just reflecting now on perhaps what's been said. Why don't you spend a moment now just between you and the Lord. Oprah says, One of the biggest mistakes that humans make is to say there is only one way. No, the biggest mistake is to not recognize Jesus as the way. He is the only way. If there was another way, why would God have sacrificed his son? If there was any other conceivable way, it would have been less expensive for him than to send his son. You can be sure, because of the death of Christ, that he is the only way to life. And if you feed on him and trust in him, you have found the way and you have found life. Father, we come before you. We are sorry for our sins. We are sorry for the things that have, we have done that have not pleased you in the last week and the last year. We bring them to you right now in the quietness of our own hearts. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your love. And we take this bread and we take this cup and we inwardly digest it and we, in faith we throw ourselves on your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. I ask you to stand the front few rows. Come, please come and take the cup and the bread. These are for those of us who call on Christ as Lord. If that's not you, that's okay. Just stay seated. No one will think anything less of you. If you would like to know more about the Christian faith, love to talk to you at any time. Please come and say hello and I'd love to talk you through it.
Jesus is the only way, and in his mercy, he has found you. Jesus is the only truth. Let us drink and be thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand and sing our closing song together.
Uh, just before we finish this evening, just a quick uh, ministry update. We are uh, happy to announce that uh, Grant Corn, you might know Grant, uh, he will be coming and taking over uh, the men's ministry for 2024. And so he has some really exciting ideas for men's ministry this year. Uh, and so uh, I'm really excited to announce that. Uh, this will be in a volunteer position. Uh, he's got a lot of experience and passion uh, working amongst men, and so I'm really excited about that. Uh, the second announcement is that we did announce a couple of months ago that uh, uh, a man named Wesley Chow would be coming to become a pastor here at Subi Church. Unfortunately, he has had to withdraw his application uh, due to personal reasons, and so... Um, yeah, we're, uh, he would have been coming uh, in this weekend, but uh, he has withdrawn his application. Just to inform you of that, I'm going to finish with a benediction. Father in heaven, as we begin 2024, I just pray for each pre precious person here this evening that they would know Jesus Christ, that they would know the meaning of life, which is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for those of us who are already Christian, Lord, I'll pray that we would keep Jesus at the center, that he would be our way this year, that he would be our truth. And we would not try and speculate wisdom under the sun like Solomon did, but we would rely on your revealed wisdom to us, Jesus Christ. And so bless us, Lord, as we keep Jesus at the center. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.